When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. I love what Cameron Diaz is talking about. It's just such an intriguing thing. You are telling on yourself way too much. Well, no, no, no. I mean, this is an uh, this is a really interesting thing about two people who are together, two people who are partners that everybody thinks the conventional way of doing it is you live in the same house, you sleep in the same bed. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel that way. Uh, no. She does not feel that way and spoke about it uh, on a podcast. She was on with uh, Molly Sims. The podcast is called uh, Lipstick on the Rim. And this is uh, Cameron's idea of the perfect marriage. It is far from traditional. We should normalize like separate bedrooms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're you're true, you're like, I would just meet. That's the, to me, like I would literally like, I have my house, you have yours. We have the family house in the middle. I will go and sleep in my, my room. You go sleep in your room. I'm fine. Okay. Can I something? Like we, that- and we have the bedroom in the middle that we can <laughs> yeah. convene in yeah. for, you know, yeah. this is a really bad headline. You should not. <laughs> I've already said it. No. She's already I've already said it. it. No, I should tell you something else before. But by the way, <laughs> I don't feel wrong. that way now because my husband is so wonderful. <laughs> I had said that before I got married. Uh-huh. So, so wait a minute. This Hold on. She tried to walk it back because I think. They said, this is not going to be a good headline. She's like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, what I meant it, was. It's just a little hoity-toity that you have your house, I have mine, and we have one in the middle. That's not the point. The scale, point it, scale it down scale to it normal down, people. Scale it down to sleeping in the same bedroom. Right. I know somebody, who, two people, who have been married for more than three decades, and they have never lived together. That is one, how many people do you know, Harvey? That's one couple okay. where it works for them. And then I know, okay. a, and then so that's hold an on. anecdote. And then I know a lot of people who, who wish who, they weren't who in sleep this. in the same room <laughs> and they got divorced, okay? So that's what I know. Yeah, but you, you also know people who sleep in the same room and have gotten divorced. So look, there are people. I, I just don't get, no, it doesn't make sense. What, what? You're 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 viewing things very narrowly. It doesn't mean where you can't have you, a. So where it doesn't you, mean you can't have a relationship. Before you even get to sex, so where are you like just talking to each other? Where are you actually living together as a couple? If that's what you're doing. And no, that's no. exactly what everyone is saying online. Everyone online is like, "What? How does this make sense? If you want to get a divorce, just say that." But it's They're not saying, that. "What are the perks to marriage then? If you're not even sleeping together and cuddling and being cute." Um, and a lot of people are saying too, like, look, obviously with her saying like, oh, you have a separate house or you even have a separate room. A lot of people don't have access or like an extra room. Yeah, to never mind a house. A lot of people to. don't have three bedrooms right. that they exactly, can. Exactly. But, exactly. Uh, uh, but they're okay, saying. But the point is, if saying, you can, if you can. But okay. they're saying a one one thing that actually might work and might help with any kind of like argument is having a separate bathroom. They're saying that's what she should have been harping on. Having a separate bathroom that definitely makes a difference. Does but Johnny, having a separate does, room, uh, you're taking on. the romance out. Does, does Johnny snore? 
Johnny to snores, Charlie's and yes, husband. I do kick him to the couch sometimes. But that's okay, not well, that's because the gateway. I don't love that's him. The that's, the, that's the gateway. You she kick him to say, the couch. But she didn't say it was because of snoring purposes. She's like, oh no, he has his own room. I have my own house. She said it in like a very with a very different intent. By the way, she did, like you guys said, she did kind of walk it back in yeah. the end. And remember, she also has said in the past that she didn't even like the idea of marriage until she met her her now husband, Benji right. Madden. So, but so for Benji's like, why are you bringing up ideals? this old theory but your again? Point, your if I'm Benji, I'm going like, wait, is there something we need to talk about? Your point's ridiculous that you're saying, what's what the point? point? Well, you're saying, what's the it's point of marriage? Ridiculous no, no, point. no, because you're saying if, if, you, we're not gonna if you have a separate If we're not going to sleep in the same bedroom, we're not going to have- So you have no relationship. And we're not going to have pillow talk. Then we're just dating, and no, you can be in your worse. house. You're you can, just you can be in your house, house. and I'll be in my house. No, you live together, and we'll still. see each other. You we'll go interact on dates together, and we'll go still. out on dates a couple nights no, a week. It's, we're, be we're not talking about Harvey, that. You are still Harvey, interacting. If you no, you know if you're interacting, you're not sleeping in the same room. You know what that is? You're just roommates. You're not even no, a couple. Why even a couple? Listen, when I was in college, we would all sit in the in the in the in the, in the living room. We'd watch TV. And then everyone would go sleep in their own bed. You guys, we are, were roommates. You guys are just looking at things so narrowly and traditionally that, uh, like I said at the top, you have told on yourself a little too. No, much. I'm not telling on myself. I'm just saying you got to be open. Not it's not for everybody. But again, I know I, I know this couple. And Charlie just said she kicks Johnny to the curb because she's not comfortable in the same bed when he snores. When he snores, well, he's on the curb. The couch, couch is snoring. I have to be here at six a.m. It's I, hard. I'm I mean, understand my beauty, that. My beauty sleep. Are you more uh, when 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 he goes to the sofa? Are you more comfortable and can you sleep better? Yes. I rest my case. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm from Scotland, and honestly, I think it's a perfectly normal idea. I mean. Some people are a nightmare to sleep with, like people with restless leg syndrome, people that are loud snorers, like you mentioned, cover hogs. Cover hogs are the worst. And I'm saying this as one myself. I, I know it's a nightmare. So if you have two separate bedrooms, you know, you can still come to each other's bedrooms some nights. Have the have your romance, not if you're loving a different room, but just you know, sleep in your own way. And if you've got to get up at different times, perfect. There, there are like, you guys are talking about there, a different there are like You're talking about sleep disorders. That's a different issue. This guy is the best Skyper we've had all month. <laughs> this guy is awesome. For like 10 reasons, he's awesome. So is he getting a t-shirt? Give him a t-shirt. We got to send it all the way to Scotland. I know. We can afford the extra the postage. All yeah. right. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on. Yes. Uh, moving on to Britney Spears' ex-husband, Sam Isgari. And uh, Sam is doing something um, that we, I think we can all agree is a good thing. He's uh, working with PETA. The, the problem here is the message that he's sending through this PETA ad definitely feels like a shot at Britney. It is. So it is. He's encouraging people. Some, love, <laughs> some loves last. What we should come say, on. the overall point is to adopt a of dog. Course. Don't buy a dog. But yes, putting some loves last Next to him is a clear shot. He knows what's up. Well, don't forget, it's also an adoption campaign. And earlier this year, Brittany bought a dog and she was slammed for PETA for purchasing that dog. It's her little dog right. named Snow. So there's kind of a, a, a double, double message at Brittany here. Uh, and it's no coincidence. But, well, oh, but hold on, though. Hold on, though. There is something else, though. Remember, they got a Doberman, which was not a rescue. And Sam has the Doberman. 
right? Does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I swear he does have the Doberman. Yeah, he has the Doberman, but I, I don't think rescue? it was used in this campaign. Yeah, they don't. Oh, he's a cute dog. He's a cute dog, but it's, a not, cute it's dog. not a rescue. But I'm it's like, still a cute dog. I, I'm not going to let you just dismiss every dog because it's not a rescue and go like, oh, forget it. Don't I'm not show, saying don't that. Don't show that dog. No, I'm not. I, it's still a cute dog. It, it is a cute dog. And it, it's, anyway. Look, the point is. Right. It, but it, I am shocked by, by him taking the shot. Well, you know why I'm shocked? I'm they haven't settled yet. Exactly. So this could backfire on him if if she gets pissed off. Yeah. And she gets pissed and off at things. She can get triggered. Yeah. And I just feel like this is kind of risky on his part. And I know he could certainly claim he didn't know what they were gonna what the message was gonna be next to him. He just did it for the sake of dogs and maybe didn't know what the text was gonna be next to him. But wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Sam also has posted photographs. He's lost, I'm, which I'm shocked at. He's lost 40 pounds. Um, he is just... It's all water weight. <laughs> How would you stop it? <laughs> so, look uh, at him. He's, the guy definitely needs it's some water, a milkshake, a few burgers, something. Do we have the photograph of him before he started losing this weight? Because he really does look different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you look at it, no, he's definitely he was softer, way more cut. I think he kind of stretches the truth too, because he says this is not a revenge body. Mm, then why are That's you showing it is. and telling everyone that you lost forty pounds? Yeah, and he's what did he say that um, <laughs> I, I th this is my me time that got me here. So it's almost like, yeah, Again, I kind of got rid of all, some. I know he's he's. I mean, he's, he's playing with fire. He's he this is, is risky business. He's poking man. the bear. Yeah, a very expensive bear. Hi, I'm Shamika from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm glad that Sam got a job. I'm not really sure what he was doing before, but and he looks amazing. I'm not even a dog person, and I would adopt the dog because he is thirst trapping all in these ads. But <laughs> I also think that Pat, that Peta is being petty because he like they they called Brittany toxic. So this is another way to jab at her. So I yeah. think a lot of people are placing the blame on Sam when I'm thinking it's PETA that's being the petty bop. But I also think that Brittany is unbothered right now. She's just going to be twirling around in her living room with her dogs and props and knives and everything else. And we probably won't even know how this affects her until we do find out about their um, the settlement and how, mm. how everything plays out. Do you know what I just realized? I feel like a lawyer, might, a lawyer or two might, might put something in her ear. Do you know what I just realized? What? Can, uh, Reagan, can you go back to that picture of him at the gym? That's my gym. Oh, God. I know. I don't want to go near him <laughs> at this point. That no. would be good. That's very good advice. All right. Well, before we even get to 2024, the election has been thrown into absolute chaos, as if the, uh, all the indictments against Donald Trump uh, were not enough. Now we have uh, the Colorado Supreme Court saying, he can't be on the ballot. And this has never happened before, um, where you've had someone say they can't be on the ballot because they're an insurrectionist. And they're citing the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, and this has never been tested before. There are all sorts of issues. The court was split four to three. Uh, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. So there are, a, and people. The U.S. Supreme Court. The right. U.S. Supreme Court. And all the Republican candidates are aligned with Trump now saying, that this is trying to basically that push him aside in the election. Right. Uh, so what will happen going forward? What happens when this gets to the U.S. Supreme Court? Um, and how is this going to affect uh, Donald Trump and his efforts to become president again? Joining us right now to discuss this is Professor Derek Muller. He's a professor of law 
at the University of Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Sorry. Dame. Sorry, I was thinking about the <laughs> cathedral the other day. That's why I said that. Uh, but yes, uh, Professor, <laughs> joining us right now. Welcome to TMZ Live. Oh, thanks for having me. So, um, look, this is a four to three decision. There's so much to unpack here. Um, you siding with a four, you siding with a three. Well, I did file a brief in the case, and one of the justices dissenting uh, cited my brief. So that, that's the side I go with. But it's, uh, you know, the dissents were a lot of procedural issues about, well, is there jurisdiction to hear this case? Can the state court hear this case? They didn't really engage a lot with the majority's analysis. And the majority of the court was focusing on January 6th is an insurrection. Donald Trump's speech uh, was engaging in an insurrection and it was not protected by the First Amendment. So on that, there were four justices that agreed, not a whole lot of dissent among the others on those issues. But what about the dissent saying that for this, uh, for the, to trigger this, this uh, Article 3 of the 14th Amendment, that you need a conviction? I mean, that's essentially what they were saying. The judges can't decide, you know, at an appellate level um, that, yeah, there was an insurrection, um, that it is really meant for a jury. And he's not being charged with inciting the insurrection. He's being charged with a lot of other things, but they haven't charged him with that, much less convicted him. What about that? Yeah, I, I think there was some concern from the dissent, especially about due process. Did Trump get due process in this case? And the majority would say, listen, there was a five-day trial there was an opportunity to present evidence. There was an opportunity to cross-examine witnesses, and that's that's all we need. And Section 3 of the 14th Amendment doesn't say for those convicted of insurrection or rebellion. And in fact, another provision of the 14th Amendment, Section 2, actually talks about those who have been convicted or felon, of felonies or other infamous crimes as being barred from uh, being able to vote. But Section 3 just says engaged in insurrection. So uh, I think there is a, a due process question. Did they have enough opportunity to be heard, to cross-examine witnesses, to present testimony? Again, the dissent, they were concerned about that. And for the majority, they said, listen, he, he got plenty of process here, uh, and that was enough for us in this case. But you know, it's, it's an open question about what the Supreme Court thinks about the argument. Does, does the fact that he was, and I know what you're saying, that he wasn't tried or convicted uh, for, for uh, insurrection, but there was an impeachment where the mm -hmm. article of impeachment said that he did engage in, uh, in stoking an insurrection. Is that presented in the Colorado case and will it come up when it gets to the US Supreme Court? So it was presented, but actually was presented on the flip side by uh, Trump's team to say, look, uh, I was accused, I was indicted, as I was impeached of insurrection, but then I was acquitted because the Senate couldn't get to a two-thirds majority to convict him of those charges. And so one of his arguments is actually to say, I've actually been acquitted of this, and so nobody else can conclude later on that I've engaged in insurrection. You, know, you are a, a serious legal scholar, and <clears throat> I'm wondering, beyond the, the, the facts of this case, when you look at what's gone on over the last couple of years, you've got a lot of people in the Democratic Party, a lot of people who are liberal and progressive, that are calling into question the legitimacy of the United States Supreme Court or because of the Dobbs decision. And now on the right, you've got people calling uh, into question the legitimacy of the legal system, you know, based on what they say is interfering with the election. Are you concerned that the that from the United States Supreme Court on down, there is a real distrustful feeling from both sides uh, over the legal process. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have more and more hot button cases that are being put in front of our courts. We expect them to be able to resolve these issues. And if they don't resolve them the way we like, we view them as contentious and, and partisan. And that's not a good place to be. Um, we've had a lot of doubt about the Supreme Court and the courts of the United States in history. A Abraham Lincoln was very opposed to what was happening in the Supreme Court You know, before the Civil War. President Franklin Roosevelt was very upset when the court was striking down provisions of the New Deal. So we've seen this at moments in the past, but it certainly feels like we're in a different era where uh, th there's strong partisans on both sides of the aisle, not just on one side, who feel that the courts are not doing their job and not uh, behaving appropriately. And that, that's a that's a precarious place to be. I don't have good answers for it except to address it and try to try to have the most sober minded legal analysis that I can. But I don't know that always goes very far. Well, the, the problem is that politics has leaked in. So not even yeah. leaked in, it's it flooded, flooded the entire everything. And so that's why nobody's happy with the decision. And they think that the legal system is completely screwed. So uh, it's what's your gut on what the Supreme Court's going to do? Uh, my gut is to say they'll reverse and let him on the ballot. Uh, I could be wrong, but you know, when you're a plaintiff, you have to win on everything. Uh, and they did here, right, on a 4-3 split, but they won on everything. Um, if you're Trump, all you need to do is get one issue, saying Congress needs to step in to say that the presidency is not covered here, to say that his speech was protected by the First Amendment. If you just pick one, one of those things and you get five justices along with you, you win. So my only gut to say that he wins is because of, of those odds. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't put it past the court to say maybe maybe the states can do what they want and we'll let the political process sort it out on a state by state basis, as messy as that is. But we're not going to get involved. That seems wow. That, that they, seems so improbable. I mean, that, they just throw it up to. Yeah. Say, All right. Everyone decide for yourselves. I hear you. My gut is your gut here that they're probably going to reverse. But what you just proposed <laughs> is, you know, the wild, wild west. I mean, that is because or, it could go both ways. Right. I mean, then you have people, you know, you open that door and then it blows open on both sides. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, if you are inviting states to make these determinations, uh, you know, there's different ballot access rules, right? The Green Party isn't on the ballot in every state. The Libertarian Party might not be on the ballot in every state. But we just don't think about that with the Republicans and Democrats, right? We expect you to be on the ballot in every state. And once you start investigating these questions, um, you know, it's going to be a real open question about how we interpret this provision of the Constitution, which hasn't had a lot of work in the last 140 years, and uh, whether or not states start trying to use that to their advantage to knock out political enemies. Not a place we want to be. And again, I think a reason why we want the Supreme Court to come up with um, as broad a consensus opinion as it can in the in the weeks ahead. Yeah. We so appreciate you coming on today. Um, this is really yes. useful. Much, much needed uh, perspective on what's potentially going to happen going forward here. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Professor. No, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Wow. You know, the one thing that if I th the one thing, though, that is really ironic, which is this really helps Trump. Well, I was going to say when it when the dust settles, whatever the decision is, Trump will have raised so much more money uh, based on this. He's f already fundraising on it. And Colorado didn't really matter to him anyway. It didn't matter because it's a Democratic state. It's a Democratic but, state. But, but the uses, other states. But he but uses use this it. to say, look, they're going right. after me. They're trying to deny me the whole thing. Exactly. Uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have been making noise about coming back to coming to L.A., right? right. They want to be they closer be the to the action. Yeah. Uh, and everyone has thought that this means that Meghan is going to get uh, more serious about 
getting back into acting, getting into Hollywood. Well, she has a role, and you're about to see it. She is acting again <laughs> for a commercial, uh, a coffee commercial. But the weird thing is, by far, you're going to see the ad here, but Meghan Markle is by far the, I think, the only famous person here, but they did not highlight it. And for a reason, though. For a very clear reason. I want to give a huge shout out to our amazing, clever team here at HQ. Without them, we are nothing. Also, film and crew, lovingly packing your lattes. We've been listening to Britney on loop since 2019. We're very smart, only slightly nerdy digital team, making sure the website doesn't crash again like it did last year. Finally, the glue that literally holds us all together. Our incredible, resilient fulfillment team that have helped make 2023 <laughs> such a big success. So no. they, they finally, I mean, if you weren't looking for her, if we didn't tell you, you wouldn't have seen her until the end. walked into frame. Until the end. They so it's Meghan Markle sure. in this coffee commercial. She actually has a stake in this coffee company, it's along a, with Oprah and some Santa Barbara, yeah. yeah. But I think this is her entree back. By the way, she messed, messed this up. They missed the fist bump. And she smiled, but they kept it in. <laughs> okay, this is absolutely not her comeback. She doesn't deliver one line in this. This is just a marketing That's ploy. That's how you, and, and think you about gotta dangle it out there. You gotta give this, throw, throw the line out. Well, Let them consider, know you're interested. Consider the timing here. They're putting out this ad right before Christmas. This is a coffee company that doesn't have shops. You can only get the beans online. So people look at this ad and they think, oh, maybe it would be make a good Christmas present. Meghan Markle likes it. This isn't her doing a Suits reboot or anything close to that. It's opening mm. the door. I'm telling you two things. I'm telling you two things right now. I think next year, Meghan Markle oh. is getting back into entertainment and Barack Obama will run an entertainment studio. <laughs> that, but wait, both are going to happen next year? Next year. Really? Well, want to wager on that? Here, here, or are you going to say, how about Here's 50? my problem. I'm old enough now that I can't bank on five years down the road. So he's got to do it next year because every year it. counts. Oh, God. But look, <laughs> I mean, Suits is a huge hit now on Netflix. Right. And I she's mean, well aware of how popular it is. And they have taken their lumps with Netflix, with Spotify. They've the been book. dragged with the book and everything yeah. else. If she, the one place she can go back to where people will totally embrace her is acting. And with Suits, as popular as it is right now, this is the time I to think strike. it's the time to strike. And I think by doing what she did, and then people are looking and saying, oh, that was really cute, that was really fun, it opens that door. The iron and the coffee are hot right now. Yes. Hey, what's up? I'm Lady T from Baltimore. And I have to say, honestly, at first I was bad when I saw this uh, ad because I was like, nobody puts Megan in the corner. But <laughs> as I calmed down, I have to say, I kind of like it. After seeing this, I really do like it. And, you know, we wanted to see her get back into acting. So, look, a win is a win. We got to take our wins when we can, you know? What you just said is exactly the point. It's she's being embraced. It's fun. She's not getting dragged for it. And I'm dragging her a little bit for that fist bump. Suits is like a huge hit. I'm telling take, you. It could have been a take two. I got it. There probably was a take two, but they like this take. It's not <laughs> like they didn't. It's not like they ran out of money to, to film it. Thank God. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Yes, uh, moving on to a one question answered about Jonathan Majors. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be sentenced in the assault case until February. But as he walked out of court after his conviction uh, on Monday, Megan Good was right next to him. And everyone wondered, are they actually going to stay together now that the trial is over? Because there are a lot of people who thought that this was just uh, for PR. Well, we have an answer, at least for now. Yes, because they are back in L.A. together. 
Uh, they arrived by private jet. Got some photos of them, actually. You know what? I don't think it's a private jet. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's commercial, but, but they, a, right. Right, they got this special celebrity service where you go down to the tarmac and you're, uh, and they drive you off. So, uh, but they were together, they flew together and... Um, I think it's a sign. The sign that they came all the way back to LA together. Yeah, for as far as whether Megan Good's gonna stay with him, I think she is. Um, it's weird that he's coming to LA because you would think after such a high profile case, you'd wanna lay low and LA's the last place you'd wanna come to if you wanna lay low. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to weigh in on this like earlier in the week, but like as far as like how this is going to play out for him in the aftermath, um, I don't know if you guys have been monitoring on Twitter, but like there's the, the fallout is sort of like playing along racial lines. Actually, there's a lot of black oh, people right? who actually support Jonathan Majors and feel like he was done dirty. And I think he's going to kind of play into that. I, I don't know if you guys saw in Cora, he was like dressed as like a Black Panther at one point. Um, so I think he's going to play into that, and I think he's going to kind of try to make that comeback. But does that, that help route? him with the studios, though, Fabian? I get what you're saying that in the court of public opinion, maybe he leans into that, but does that help him with the studio? Well, I, I think it will eventually. I think like big picture, like I don't think the, he committed a cardinal sin. Like he didn't Ike Turner anybody, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he put his hands on her and put her back in the car. But I think like as time goes on, people are gonna be like, eh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think once he actually gets back into movies, does some good acting, does some good roles, cause he is a great actor, the indie community will welcome him back. And eventually, I think mainstream Hollywood will welcome back. Really? Uh, welcome so, back too. Yeah. Really? That's really interesting because uh, Disney pulled the plug in a nanosecond like of the Marvel movie. Well, yeah, that's because they're squeaky clean. That's Disney. But like the rest of the studios, I think they'll take a chance on him eventually. Because again, like based on like what he actually did or what he was convicted of, it's really not that big of a deal. He didn't like batter her, right? Or at least they didn't prove that. So I think they'll give him an another chance in time. Huh. That is an interesting take. Okay, we're gonna take a break. All right, when we come back, uh, George Clooney speaking out about Matthew Perry. They were very good friends back in the day uh, when Matthew was just getting his start. And George Clooney is breaking some news about how Matthew Perry felt on the set of Friends. Um, it was not all laughs and smiles as it appeared. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, a lot of Matthew Perry's, uh, in fact, all of his co-stars and friends have spoken out about the loss and how close they all were, which we all saw over the years. Enter George Clooney <laughs> into the chat, and he is offering uh, a different perspective that we really haven't heard anybody uh, talk about when so it comes to Matthew Perry. We should say they were good friends. Um, they worked in the same lot. George was and doing Warner ER, yep. and obviously uh, Matthew was doing Friends. So this was what he told Deadline. George Clooney said, he was a kid and all he would say to us was, I just want to get on a sitcom, man. I just want to get on a regular sitcom and I would be the happiest man on earth. And he got on probably one of the best ever. He wasn't happy. It didn't bring him joy or happiness or peace. And watching that go on on the lot, it was hard to watch because we didn't know what was going through him. We just knew that he wasn't happy and I had no idea he was doing what, 12 Viking in a day and all the stuff he talked about, all that heartbreaking stuff. And it also just tells you that success and money and all those things, it doesn't just automatically bring you happiness. You have to be happy with yourself and your life. I read Matthew Perry's book and it does kind of align with the book. Um, and I also think what George Clooney is saying is a truism, mm -hmm. which is everybody does think that you become successful and you become rich and you automatically become happy. And that's never the case. Right. That, you know, that it does solve some problems doesn't make you happy. And 
and look, Matthew Perry had a lot of demons because of substance mm -hmm. abuse, which really overtakes your body and your mind. Um, and he, again, was very open about it. So on a level, I'm a little surprised George Clooney jumped into it. But on another level, since they were friends and since Matthew yeah. talked about some of this stuff in the book, it doesn't really surprise me. And I think me. it's an important message for people out there to hear because I think you've got a lot of people who say, oh, if I just got that right. or if I accomplished that, then I would be happy. And right. this is a reminder that that's often not the case. And if you're not happy now, chances are if you have some success at work, it's, it's likely not going to change anything if you're not fundamentally happy with yourself and your life. And I, I hear that, and I guess in that way, it is a good sort of follow-up to all of the things. It's just odd coming on the heels of hearing all of his, hearing his co-stars talking about all the great times that they had with him on the set. And they all acknowledged, obviously, that the demons that he was dealing with, um, but they were, for obvious reasons, reminiscing about all these great times on the set. But now you have George saying, yeah, it may have seemed like it was all great times, but he still wasn't happy. But I, I have a theory about that, that through the lens of the other stars of the show, everybody was having fun and everybody was happy. And, and, and Matthew Perry could play along. He was a great actor right. and he played along. They did get along and all. Right. But in, and that's important to say because George Clooney isn't saying that he didn't get along. Right, but inside... What became evident to people like George Clooney, Jennifer Aniston, and others was that he was battling a lot of demons. And look, what happens to people who are saying, if only I get this, if only I get this, when they get whatever that is, mm -hmm. then it just opens that other door saying, oh, that didn't work. Right. And now the question is, how do you find right. that, that the light at the end of the tunnel? And that's a life journey. But it doesn't automatically come with the incredible success he had and the fortune that he amassed. It just, yeah. it just doesn't. Hi, I'm Sammy from Chicago, Illinois. I think it's super insightful to hear um, George Clooney's point of view too, because as you said, like the friends, they all, you wanna reminisce about all the happy times and you wanna paint someone in a good light and not to say that he's not painting him in a good light, but it's good to see that perspective of, you really have to handle things within yeah. yourself. I think it's a, a very honest perspective and I think it's actually well-timed. If, if if George had said this, like the week after he yeah, died, or he something, couldn't, he it couldn't wouldn't have been that. received. He couldn't well. do that. But right. it's, I think it's really useful for for people to hear this because a lot of people do think, if only I had X. Yeah. And whatever X is, in his case, it was a sitcom and money and all that. It, it, it doesn't solve. Doesn't the always get you there. It, it doesn't get you there. Uh, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, to Kanye West and. Um, He's taking a bath, a, a well, several no. million dollars. He can't dollar be taking a bath because the bathtub's gone. There's nothing in this house. <laughs> right. we, we told you years ago, he bought this place in Malibu that was designed. Um, it was a very famous architect. Anyway, but um, um, he bought it for $57 million. It's right in the sand in Malibu. And after he bought it, he gutted the place and had big plans. We never saw those plans materialize. And now <laughs> he is selling it. And he's taken, he's already, right off the bat, enlisting it, decided, all right, I'll take a loss. He's selling it for 53 million, guys, with uh, Jason Oppenheim from Selling Sunset. So I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. But like most Kanye's projects, you know, he started this. He was working on this with some famous Japanese architect. They gutted the whole place. There's no windows, no electricity. And now he is selling it. I think, uh, for, by the way, I think the architect, I think, is the same person that Jay-Z's house. house. Yes, it is. Um, here's the thing. Aside from the $4 million loss he's accepting, here's the thing. at least, 
Jason Oppenheim is Jewish. Jewish. That is... And Kanye West is hardcore anti-Semitic. And so I just find this really interesting and wonder how well is this going to go for Well, for, I, also wonder, for Jason. I also wonder how involved Kanye is in making the decision. He's to involved enough this that realtor. he can disrupt things. Do you, think he, do you think he knows Jason's Jewish, though? And does he even know that Jason is the person listening? I mean, he does now if he didn't. Well, it's the Oppenheim group. <laughs> right. But and my I'm point sure is, Jason, Kanye makes a call to someone and says, just sell it, and then they take care of all that. Uh, I don't imagine that he is I, the person interviewing somebody's agents got, somebody's to somebody's sell got, it. Somebody's got to go to either Kanye or his team and says, here's an offer, here's what we need to do to sell it, you need to reduce the price more. And, and it, when and that has to happen, when that Jason, happens, I got to tell you what happens. Here. I don't see this going well. Honestly, I just don't see don't it going. Don't see it going well as in you don't think that it's going to, that relationship is going to derail the sale, you think? I, look, it may be that somebody comes along and says, I'll pay him full price and there's no problem. If there's that much of a problem, it opens that incredibly Harvey, big door. Uh, he did yeah. say he's cool with Jewish people being his jeweler, remember, last week? So maybe that extends to real estate agents? I don't maybe. know that it extends to real <laughs> estate agents. And I don't know that he loves Jewish jewelers either. But um, I, yeah, That could have just been a line in a song. I think there is a real chance this is going to blow up. So we've got some news about what's been going on behind the scenes at Jeopardy. Um, you saw that uh, at the end of last week, Mayim Biala came out and said that she's no longer going to be hosting Jeopardy. And what we found out is that the uh, folks at Jeopardy had no idea she was going to make that announcement. Now, there had been discussions between Mayim and the execs about her continuing on the uh, as a host. They had decided they really didn't need her. And really, the reason she, they found this out... She was a casualty of the sag after strike. Right. Because, because they realized they didn't need her. Right. She, because she in, in, uh, stood in solid solidarity with the writers, did not want to host any episodes during the strike. And so Ken Jennings was left to do all of the episodes instead and of them sharing. The, the ratings did not suffer. They looked at it. They're, they're business people, the people who run that, and people with Sony... And they're saying, wait a minute, why are we paying two people when he fits the bill and, um, yeah. and the show did fine? And honestly, it never made sense to me why you would have two why you had for two? that show. It never made sense. You want to connect to one person. Think about Alex Trebek and, I don't know, Suzanne Summers. Was it sort of a safety net because they weren't sure about either of them? And so Probably. we'll have two, and if one of them isn't working out, then... We actually have a host who's been doing well, it. Well, they remember, they auditioned a lot of people, yeah. and it just wasn't working now, to their satisfaction. There is a potential for her to continue doing some episodes of Jeopardy, but for her coming out and jumping the gun on Sony, it sounds like she's pissed off to me. It sounds like she is pissed off because it sounds like they offered her the role of the primetime specials, which would make sense. You know, Jeopardy's an institution, and it, and Ken Jennings being the solo host of the main show makes a lot of sense from the perspective of the audience. They want to see uh, a, a consistent host on that show, just like Alex Trebek was, but she could come in in the primetimes, and that would be fine. They're a sort of separate entity. I never thought the dual hosting made sense. But, but so but, far, she is not <laughs> accepted. Uh, the, it sounds like for her, it was I'm not going to do just the primetime specials. Yeah, it's, uh, so she, she's not she accepted from what as, we've heard. She views it as a diss. Yeah. And look, she doesn't need the money. She made right. a fortune off of Big Bang. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. I mean, 
It just seems to me that her jumping the gun the way she did, she's gone. But it yeah. really is, it, it, it's so interesting. So the guy that ends up getting the brass ring is a contestant on the show. Right. Who knows the show <laughs> right. and people knew him and connected to him. And so it's that lesson again that you don't always need the biggest star you can get to make things work. That right. Because but she's but, a big star. But again, star as him. you know from what Alex Trebek told you, the host isn't the star of the show right. anyway. Right. So people are gonna. They just want someone who's gonna deliver the you know the the questions, the answers uh, in. Uh, but it's important. And Charles, not only Alex Trebek said that, Ken Jennings has said the same thing to you. So he understands that the host is the steward of the show. He is not the star of the show. The contestants are the star. And I think he really has internalized that message and why he'll make the best host going forward. Hi, it's Toria in Detroit. And um, I'm glad that Maya stood on her belief and stood with the union um, and didn't participate. It is unfortunate that she's going to be leaving. The dual host situation was kind of weird, but I enjoyed both of them. And I enjoyed watching her switch in with Ken and him switch out as a longtime watcher of Jeopardy. It was nice for me. Yeah, well, we will see. Um, but I, I just don't. I don't think it's going to. It's not going to hurt them. Not having her, but I hear what she's saying. That people liked Miami. It was oh fun. yeah, yeah. I, I, business is business. They call it show biz. Yeah. Well, it is uh, that time of year. Not only for Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" to be climbing up the charts, but Aspen. It's a uh, tradition. It's Aspen. She always spends the holiday in Aspen with her boyfriend Brian. And Tanaka. she's usually there with Brian Tanaka. We've seen them for years now. Uh, strolling around, doing some shopping. Where's Brian in that video? That is what everyone is saying <laughs> when they saw the video and they saw the photos of her walking around Aspen doing her shopping like she usually does, looking fabulous and all white. By the way, number one song this week? Yeah, back to number one again, but no Brian. No Brian. So it's been rumored that they have broken up. Uh, and, you know, every year we see a lot of celebrities flock to Aspen during the holidays. You know, he was always by her side during all of the Christmas stuff because she is the queen of Christmas. So he has not been in attendance to any of her Merry Christmas one and all tour. He hasn't been with her in Aspen. He hasn't been seen with her in a very long time pictured out. And so everyone is asking, did they break up? Um, neither one of them have, you know, confirmed or denied it, so everyone is just speculating at this point, but he is absent in Aspen, which is where they usually spend the holidays. Well, if, if she gets Yofro with uh, Kendall Jenner, we know. Yofro? You mean Froyo? Froyo. <laughs> Yofro Yo is something from back in the 70s, I think. <laughs> hey, it's Javon Mack from Miami, Florida here, and listen, this is typical Mariah Carey fashion, just to be out spotted, looking this fabulous, looking this fly, looking this amazing. She's actually wearing a product, and if the rumors are true, what better way to heal out and ask them shopping for the holidays? Not gonna let this time break her, make her mess up her moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, what else you guys want to talk about? <laughs> hey guys, my name is Polo from Houston, Texas. And honestly, I totally agree with Cameron Diaz. I do think that it's okay for couples to have separate households or even separate rooms that they sleep in. Everybody doesn't have the same pattern. Everybody doesn't have the same sense of style. And so I think that honestly more marriages should be more open to that. A marriage can work perfectly fine with you guys not living. Wait a second, wait a second. Style means you can't sleep in this if you if you don't <laughs> Polo. Okay. Polo. Polo. Hey, Polo, have you seen those ads on TV where they're selling mattresses like you can make it hot here and cold here? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Just get your own mattress. Get your own mattress, right? 
Right. Right. But sometimes it's bigger than just, the, you know, the sleep as well. Sometimes people want their living room decorated a certain way. They want the bedroom decorated a certain way. And, you know, some couples argue over that. That, there you that, go. that is a new thing that people <laughs> there do. There you go. There you go. I don't like your pajamas. We are not sleeping in the same room. <laughs> okay, one more. Hi, Gloria, New Jersey, commenting on Meghan Markle's new coffee advertisement. Uh, first of all, she appears to be really, really happy and having a lot of fun with this commercial. But I'm also wondering if this is her segue or if this is her re-entry into us seeing her on the big screen again. But I, for one, am very excited. I'm, I'm here for it if she returns to act. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I would put money on it. Just a matter. Next year, she's gonna have an acting project. All right. And it might be Suits. It might be a Suits reboot. Who knows? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's not a that would not be a bad, a bad idea at all. No. Well, Brad Pitt's 60th birthday was wow. a couple of days ago. Uh, oh, but I love that coat. He was, he was still, it's a shirt. Oh, it's a coat? shirt? <laughs> oh, it is a shirt. Uh, but he was still celebrating uh, last night. You could see lots of folks uh, cheering for him as he was going into dinner with his girlfriend, Inez de Ramon. Love the name. Yes. And um, she was all gussied up, as they say. He looks so happy. But you, they used to say back in Brad's day. He um, <laughs> can I tell you something? When you look he at- He looks really he happy. He looks like, but also, aside from looking happy, he does not look that much different from, you know, nope. back in the day. No, he does not. He does not. not look that different from back then. It's That's really a crime to look like that at 60. But Well, and also to look like that all your life. You should have a bad period. <laughs> Right? I mean, he might have had a bad, maybe at like eight or nine, he wasn't all that cute. I know. Um, but as long as we've known him, Love yeah, the shirt. he looked like that. So yeah, they went to dinner at Mother Wolf. Very Happy popular. birthday, Brad. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, we will see you tomorrow.